This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches. Kent Online News. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. Nicola Everett. Hello, hope you're okay. Thanks ever so much for downloading today's podcast. Almost the weekend. It's Friday, February the 12th. Coming up, we've got details on a new light show event happening in Medway over the next two nights. Plus, you can hear from the Gillingham manager ahead of their must-win game this weekend. But first today, this is one of our most read stories. People living in Ashford are growing increasingly concerned following yet another spate of catapult attacks. A Sainsbury's driver, running groups and even a boy sitting in his bedroom playing Xbox have all been targeted over the last few months. Windows, cars and property have also been damaged. Well, our reporter Alex G has been investigating and joins me now. Alex, Ashford has been known as the catapult capital for a while now, but how bad have the attacks got? Well, Nicola, like you said, it's been an ongoing issue in the town for a long, long time. In, in fact, it's been an ongoing issue for years the damage over the last few years has been mostly limited to cars and buildings, which is bad enough, uh, but it's escalated recently to animals and even people on more than one occasion. And you've been chatting to one resident in particular. Louise's son was targeted. What did she have to say? Well, she's very concerned, and I suppose anyone would be. She said that her son was fully visible in the window when the incident happened, which meant whoever shot the catapult will have known full well that there was somebody at the other side of the window who could have been hurt. She says it's this kind of escalation uh, that shows an ongoing going and worsening problem and uh, she says that it's only going to get worse until somebody does something to stop it. And what have police said about it? Well uh, police have said that they appreciate how concerning these reports can be to residents and they've said that they're doing all they can to address the concerns. Uh, They've said that if anybody sees somebody walking in the street with a catapult or if they notice somebody taking pellets or stones from their driveway they must report it to the police as soon as possible so they can try and clamp down on it. Thanks ever so much for joining us Alex. You can also read Alex's report and see pictures of some of the damage caused in those catapult attacks at Kent Online. Kent Online News. Elsewhere today, a former music teacher from Chatham has been jailed for sexually abusing a nine-year-old boy. Chris Pearson carried out the offences when he was a teenager himself back in the 1990s. The 42-year-old from Beaconsfield Road has been sentenced to seven years in prison and is banned from working with children. Two people have been arrested after violence in Maidstone last night left a man with a serious head injury. He was flown to a London hospital after emergency crews were called to Pudding Lane. Detectives are questioning two men aged 20. 23 and 37. Charges could be brought against three police officers for sending inappropriate messages during the investigation into the murder of Sarah Everard. The 33-year-old was kidnapped and killed by then-serving Met Police Officer Wayne Cousins from Deal in March last year. The police watchdog looked into WhatsApp messages and has asked the Crown Prosecution Service to consider potential offences. Now, there's more reaction today to news our council tax bills will be going up. From April, the average banned D home will be paying £1,461 a year. That's an increase of around £43. But the council say they need the cash for 
adult social care and to cover costs that can't be met by government funding alone. Well, let's hear first today from the man whose job it is to balance the books at County Hall. Peter Oakford is in charge of finance at the council. The increasing demands that we have outstrip the level of income that we get. Um, we rely on, seven, on the council tax now for 70% of our, our income. Um, each 1% is worth £8 million. So if we didn't increase the council tax by the full 3%, for each 1% that we didn't, we would have to make further cuts of £8 million. If we froze the council tax, we would have had to take another £24 million out of our budget. So we would have had to do some really harmful things in areas that we wouldn't have wanted to do, like adults and children and social care. So the only way we could balance our budget was to put the council tax forward. Therefore, we weren't in a position where we could have frozen it. Next, we can hear from Roger Goff, who is the council leader. The situation we're in is that as a county council, we see big increases in uh, pressure in spending, particularly in areas like adult social care. Uh, we've seen many people with much more complex needs coming into uh, our care uh, following the pandemic, following lockdown. The pressures in that area keep on growing. At the same time, uh, we don't have the revenues that uh, fully match that. So we've had to make a set of pretty difficult decisions, um, uh, none of which, to be honest, we would wish to make. Uh, and some of those had to fall in areas uh, such as, for instance, some of the reductions in subsidised buses, uh, the increase in the cost of the Kent Travel Saver. Uh, but at the same time, it's always worth remembering we still subsidise buses, even after these reductions, to a much greater degree than many other county councils. Pretty much nobody else has anything like the Kent Travel Saver, so we are still sustaining these services, uh, but having to do so under pretty difficult conditions. Finally on this, Dr Lauren Sullivan is the Labour leader at the County Council. Well, increasing council tax is another burden on struggling families, and certainly where we see the cost of living crisis going up, and certainly in the next few months, I suppose, even years with the energy rises fuel and food bills. So this is another burden on top of already struggling families. So we would have looked to increase the council tax, unfortunately, because there's no other option. Government has cut local government so far. But what we would have done with that money was invested in the Kent Saver travel system, the homelessness support, in order to really prevent further costs to the county council further down the line. So how is all of this going to affect your cost of living then? Are you going to have to make cutbacks to afford paying the bills? We'd love to know your story as we investigate further. You can email us via news at the kmgroup.co.uk. The Kent Online Podcast with Ballin Maidstone. The partner of a man from Gravesend who was murdered by serial killer Stephen Port has welcomed Dame Cressida Dick's resignation as head of the Met Police. Ricky Wormsley says it's about time and he's hoping others within the force will also step down. An inquest recently found failings in the force probably contributed to the death of his partner Daniel Whitworth and three other men. However, some of Kent's MPs have been paying tribute to the former commissioner. North Thanet's Sir Roger Gale says London and Britain owe her a huge debt of gratitude and history will judge her more more kindly than London Mayor Sadiq Khan. Raymond Chisty, who represents Gillingham and Raynham, has also tweeted to thank the Met Commissioner for her commitment and dedication to public service. Well, the Home Secretary has today promised a strong and decisive new leadership as she searches for a new Met Police Commissioner. 
Dame Cressida will remain until her replacement is found. A Kent man who tried to sue the NHS after he stabbed his daughter has lost his high court battle. Mark Trailer held 16-year-old Katana hostage at their home in Hurston in 2015 and was eventually shot by police. The 47-year-old wanted a million pounds after accusing doctors of failing to properly monitor his mental health. But a judge has ruled the Health Trust did not behave negligently. Bosses at the Cyclopark in Gravesend say it's business as usual today after the land they're on was sold at auction. You may have read on Kent Online yesterday the site was bought for £1.2 million this week, but the lease to Kent County Council will continue. With a charity that runs the cycle park say they're looking forward to continuing with events as they mark their 10th anniversary. A ship which rescued thousands of soldiers from Dunkirk during the Second World War is back in its home and set to welcome visitors after a huge restoration. The Medway Queen underwent a five-month revamp at the Royal Harbour in Ramsgate last year and has now returned to Gillingham for guided tours. Jo Stokes is from the Medway Queen Preservation Society. She was created or born, launched in 1924. And then, of course, a period of time came through up to when she was converted from coal to oil in 1938. And then the 1939 war broke out. Then, of course, she became a minesweeper. She was converted from a into a minesweeper from a, a day tripper. So after the war, in 1947, when she came back, this all had to be rebuilt. She's most likely had a few different alterations, but we're trying to build her back to a 1924 original things. I mean, windows being put in the way they were in 1924, because when she was rebuilt after the war, the, uh, there were certain different things that weren't 1924 style. So we've tried to do it, and uh, we've been trying to get all of the right fabrics, uh, to try and fit in the light fittings, uh, different things like that, and trying to get her back into her original state. And of course, with health and safety, we've had to make a few alterations, which would never have been in her day. She only ever worked 12 weeks of the year. So of course, in those 12 weeks, she would be up and down the river here, going out to South End, Herne Bay, and up to Medway. And But the Medway was her home, and that's where she used to operate out of Kent Online reports. A group set up to try and improve a park in Medway is disbanding after saying councillors were harder to deal with than anti-social behaviour. The Friends of Rain and Wreck have given up their own time to make it a better place for the community, but there have been a number of disagreements with local councillors, including over where new trees should be planted. More than 4,000 people have signed a petition against plans to introduce parking charges on Cecil to Seafront. The council want to make you pay to leave your vehicle by the side of Faversham Road between April and September. It's feared it could put people off visiting, though. Bosses have already approved the charges but admit they'll be hard to enforce in such a remote spot. Historic buildings and parts of Rochester are going to be transformed over the next two nights as part of a new festival. Medway Light Nights is aiming to inspire hope and bring people together after the pandemic. Nancy Hurst is the Artistic Director and Chief Exec of Icon Theatre, which is putting on a huge performance called If Not Now. Our section of it 
is a show with 175 performers. It has enormous projections. It's a light show, essentially, and a theatre show all in one. Um, it's at Rochester Castle, and we like Rochester Castle with the most amazing illuminations. And the show is about uh, kind of the opportunities for profound social change that have been highlighted by our response to the pandemic. Yeah, just talk about the sort of the themes behind it. I mean, light's a very visual representation, a clear, obvious sign of what you're going for. Uh, to just talk about what that's supposed to symbolise. Yeah, so I think when we were planning the show, it was sort of in lockdown, so it's been two years in the making, this piece. And we were struck by how some of the things that happened in response to lockdown were quite extraordinary. Like, for instance, there was a programme to um, house the homeless and they housed 37,500 homeless people in six weeks. Um, and I, I found that really amazing. And I think a lot of the people that we were working with, because we were seeing people on Zoom and we have like the youth theatre and there's various community programmes taking place. And everybody was just struck by how it felt like actually these big problems that we think of as intractable are actually, they are solvable. It, if it's a priority and that's kind of what the show is about that actually in times you know and in the past as well you know at the end of the second world war you know actually the response to you know the the blitzed out buildings and you know complete uh you know uh, rationing at the time the response to that was to build the nhs and to build the welfare state and actually we can come out of moments of real crisis as a country and do something very different in response and that's what this is about <laughs> Fantastic. And with the performances that you're going to have on, how are you going to convey that through those performances, that type of messaging? It's a, well, it's a mixture. It's a, um, we look at the past, we look at the future, we look at, we, there's a lot of people's individual voices, um, but really we use, a, there's a lot of movement, it's a dance piece essentially, and of course we're using light, and light is like the epitome of hope, isn't it, particularly in the middle of winter, in the middle of February, it's dark, it's cold, it's a grimy evening, and coming out and seeing something so bright and so light, and seeing 175 minutes on stage, or singing and dancing in a message of hope like that's that's what this is about really and um in terms of sort of the art installations and and you're you're lighting up the, the iconic landmarks of the area just tell us about that so uh my company icon theaters we are lighting up rochester castle but there are also uh, large events. There's a lantern parade tonight uh, with, I think, 17 schools taking part. There are um, lots of installations throughout Rochester. There's um, Emergency Exit Arts are doing a, an installation in the Vines. Um, there Lucid Creates. There's a huge team of really amazing organisations and groups. So there's Kent Cohesion Plus and the University of Kent, 50 Degrees Zero, Lucid Creates. Loads of really exciting people creating stuff. And it's all free and you can just turn up from six o'clock wander around see what catches your eye and then um yeah let's have a good time the event is going to be on from six until nine this evening and then again at the same time tomorrow buckingham palace has launched a new sparkling wine made with fruit grown here in kent it's been added to the royal collection to celebrate the queen's platinum jubilee the grapes were handpicked of vineyards in kent and west sussex kent online reports the Kent Online podcast has been told a gin shop, coffee outlet and bakery will be among the shops opening at a new complex on the harbour in Whitstable. South Key Shed is still being renovated
allocated into 15 self-contained units and more than 100 companies expressed an interest in setting up there. You can see pictures of what it currently looks like at Kent Online. It's due to be fitted out in the spring. Jax Jones has been on the hit list with Numi on our sister radio station KMFM to tell us all about his new single, Where Did You Go? He's teamed up with M&EK for the track and told us how it all came about. During lockdown, I was listening to a lot of like Euro dance from the 90s. Um, think Hadaway, What is Love, that kind of stuff. And then the 2000s reinterpretation of it with Akon, um, beautiful, pretty indulgent and cheesy. But I just wanted music that was making me happy during lockdown. And obviously it just seeped into my songwriting a little bit. And Where Did You Go was born. And it's quite a tough song to sing because it's got a big vocal in it as well as kind of more technical R&B moments. So m felt like the perfect choice, got an amazing voice. So it brought the vision to life. I'm so happy with the result. You obviously talked about this deep joy era. So is this kind of a taste of what to come? Is is the album going to be called Deep Joy? I'm still playing with the title of the album, but definitely the era of Deep Joy is exploring really happy quite indulgent themes um, because off the back of snacks, I found myself perhaps a little uninspired from traveling so much. Um, and then the lockdown hit, which although was quite a hard time, at the same time, it allowed me to just kind of tap into things and look for new sounds and vibes. So Deep Joy is me trying to reflect that in my sound and being a bit more authentic with my influences and stuff like that. If you missed the chat last night, you can listen again in full at kmfm.co.uk. More music news and tickets are now on sale to see Noel Gallagher's High Flying Birds in Kent this summer. They'll be performing on the scenic stage at Dreamland in Margate in June. You can also get tickets to see Westlife the following month in July. They're going to be at the Hop Farm near Paddock Wood. Kent Online Sport. Football and Gillingham travel to fellow struggle Morecambe this weekend. The Jules have won two of their last three games under new manager Neil Harris and are fighting for survival in League One. They're currently five points from safety with tomorrow's opposition one place above them in the table. Well, we've been catching up with the boss ahead of the match and he says they've got to go there with every confidence. Away from home has to be the same mindset, to be honest, between now and the end of the season, 15 games to go. We have to, we have to make sure that we manage games well. Um, the teams look at us and go, well-drilled, well-organised, big, physical, horrible team to play against or a real threat as well. Um, and that, that's ultimately what I want Neil Harris's team to look like the rest of the season. Um, sprinkled with some quality as well. Um, but again, pending injuries, we must have to wait for that, that, those moments of magic to come from the real flair players when they're fit. Um, so Morecambe, tough place to go. Again, like Cambridge, had a relatively good season so far. Um, um, certainly a team like ourselves with one of the lowest budgets in the division um, and you know, we know it's going to be a competitive game. They've got three players that play high up the pitch or a real handful and you know, they, they can play from the back and they can also play forward quickly. So we have to make sure that we're well, well drilled again and certainly physically at our best. Kickoff tomorrow is at three. You will, of course, be able to follow the match action at Kent Online. That's all from us for today. Thanks ever so much for listening. Don't forget you can follow us on Facebook, Twitter and Instagram. Plus, you can get access to the ad-free Kent Online premium site by subscribing. Head to kentonline.co.uk forward slash subscribe. Whilst you're on the site today, you can read the latest review from our secret drinker. Hope you have a fantastic weekend. We'll be back with the podcast on Monday. News you can trust. This is the Kent Online Podcast. 
This podcast is sponsored by Ball in Maidstone, your brand new luxury sports and gaming bar with American pool, table tennis, beer pong, live sports, delicious food and bottomless brunches.